Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. With me today is CEO and CIO, Chris Wallace. Welcome, Chris. Thanks, Dan. Good to be here. Well, Chris, uh, we just wrapped up the second quarter of 2021, and you know the markets, they continue to move higher, and we witnessed a shift in leadership during the quarter. Uh, large cap equities, they outperformed small caps, and we saw growth stocks recently. They started outperforming value again. Um, and we also witnessed a, a decline in treasury yields and a flattening of the yield curve. So as, as sitting here today, you know, my question for you is, is you know, does this so what we've seen recently signal a regime shift in the equity market, and do you think investors should be concerned? Yeah, I, I think it's it's not a. I don't think it's a material regime regime shift yet. Um, what it really reflects is the market's acknowledgement that we've seen a peak in economic growth. We've seen probably a peak in recovery conditions, um, and hopefully we've seen a peak in the underlying inflationary pressures. And so you know, uh, earnings growth and. Uh, economic growth is going to slow from here, albeit from very high levels. And so I don't think investors need to be concerned. Uh, there's no question that, you know, we are going to revert back to underlying growth trends at some point, which is probably going to be, you know, on a real basis, uh, sub, sub 2%, closer to 1%, and fairly low inflationary rates. But we can't forget, you know, we still got to work off this excess stimulus that was put into the system during the COVID crisis. So, you know, when you look at it from an orders of magnitude standpoint, because of the shutdown of the economy and, and layoffs, uh, personal income declined about $370 billion. Uh, at the same time, you know, government transfer payments increased by $1.9 So on a net basis, we actually boosted incomes by about one and a half trillion, which is about 7% of GDP. And all of that excess savings still hasn't found its way back into the marketplace and into the economy. It's resting in securities. Um, so we've, we've, we're pa probably past peak liquidity conditions for the market itself. That's why we've seen this increase in uh, uh, volatility in the most speculative areas. It's why we've seen drawdowns in cryptocurrencies um, but it, it's not an indication that, you know, uh, I think we're going to see a rapid decline. I think it's going to be slowing economic growth from very high levels. Um, and we're still going to, you know, we still have some reopening to go, not just here in the United States, but in the rest of the world. Uh, and, and you mentioned working off excess stimulus. You know, what would be the keys to get through that? What, what type of indicators would you see, look for that we're beginning to work through that? Yeah, I, you know, I think what, what I'm going to watch and what I'm going to focus on uh, really going forward for the back half of, of 21 or a handful of things. One, we really need to see employment accelerate, and I think we will. Uh, we need to acknowledge that with, you know, COVID pulled forward a lot of demand, including that demand for retirement. So we've permanently lost probably 1.2 million plus uh, participants in the labor pool, and that's going to put upward pressure on labor. Um, at the same time, uh, you know, we're going to see a fall off in the extended uh, unemployment benefits that starts to occur in June and July. And then we see the moratorium lifted for mortgage foreclosures and student loan payments in September. And those are real incentives. And we can see it in the state data. States that have already cut back are seeing improvements in, in employment and participation. Those that haven't aren't seeing the same rate of improvement. Um, so I do think I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch savings rates. Um, and in addition to that, I really want to see what's going on with 
loans at the regional bank level, not the large SIFI banks. They don't loan to business anymore. They're, they're more capital markets oriented. Um, but when you look down at, at the regional banks and the super regional banks, we need to see organic loan growth pick up. They're flush with excess reserves and deposits. Uh, that's pressured velocity. The velocity of money has continued to collapse. So I need to see that loan growth pick up again. I need to see uh, loan-to-deposit ratios normalize. That'll boost velocity, and that'll tell me, you know, there's another leg of this recovery, and we're not just going to come off a sugar high. Otherwise, you know, we're just going to come off a sugar high, and it's going to fall rather precipitously as we move through 21 and into 22. Well, I think that's a, that's a good lead-in for my next question here. And as, as I start thinking about the second half of 2021, you know, what, what are, is it that you're watching to assess whether the ac- economic slowdown that we're beginning to experience is becoming excessive? Yeah, again, you know, as I mentioned, well, I'll, I'll watch the loan growth. We'll watch the velocity of money. Um, I really want to pay attention to what companies are saying and whether the inflationary pressures that they're, they're experiencing are changing their spending plans. Um, are they delaying spending? Are they delaying expansion because of inability to hire the cost of hiring? Or are they delaying CapEx projects because of the, the, the cost of those uh, projects increasing? Uh, you know, the disruptions in the supply chains are still very real. Um, I think what we're going to see, and you know, we've already seen some evidence of this, is certainly uh, endeavors and investments may be a little bit more expensive. Uh, companies are going to move forward with those. Um, I think we've already started to see a correction in industrial material prices and in some of the softer commodities consistent with uh, kind of a, an easing or freeing up in supply, tra- supply uh, chain pressures. And at the same time, it's a reflection that you know people are backing away from the higher prices. It's a very normal reaction. Um, and we can't forget, and this is really critical, that you know the Fed really wants to focus on employment and inflation. And the truth is, um, those are probably the last indicators they should be focused on. And you know, I quite frankly think they know that, and they're only focused on them for marketing and, and narrative purposes, because they're the most lagging indicators out there. By the time you see the inflationary pressures and you see difficulties or improvements in employment, um, it's already well in motion. Those are very lagging indicators. So I'm probably going to de-emphasize those other than I want to see that the stickier elements of inflation are going to start to be more transitory. And certainly when you look at the structural setup in our economy, uh, we're still very much in a deflation and disinflationary environment. And the policy choices we're making both from a fiscal and monetary standpoint actually reinforce that. Um, I know we like to think they're reflationary, but only temporarily once the sugar high wears off from the excess liquidity. In fact, we boost those deflationary conditions. And you mentioned that the Fed wants to focus primarily on on employment and inflation, these lagging indicators. Um, But as we think about the Fed and as we think about the economy um, post a, a full reopening and as that begins to slow down and cool off, um, what, what does the, the Fed role become? Yeah, the Fed's in a really tough spot. Um, they've rely, relied excessively on quantitative easing for the last 10 years. And a combination of uh, the excess banking reserves that are in the system and then therefore in asset prices and boosting asset prices um, and you combine that impact with the increase in passive investing 
and the stock market has become more of a capital recycling tool and less of a capital allocation tool. And so when we have a federal government that is increasingly a larger part of the economy and, and as such they're running larger and larger deficits, um, the Fed really can't afford to have asset prices fall. They have a, a very direct impact not just on discretionary spending because the, the uh, wealth from the stock market feeds into housing and elsewhere and allows um, excess consumption, but it also drives a lot of federal tax receipts. So they're in the, a bit of a predicament when I know everybody's, you know, lumber prices are top of everybody's mind because that's what's in the press, but lumber and ag and those commodities really aren't that relevant for CPI. What is relevant is home prices, which correlates to rent over time, uh, labor cost, and the cost of fossil fuels, primarily oil. And when we look at those three factors, housing, labor, and energy prices, those inflationary pressures are still uh, very strong. They're self-reinforcing. They're continuing to increase, not just domestically, but globally. Um, and so that's going to mean the Fed's going to have less room to pivot in ease conditions should we see uh, volatility develop in equity markets. Um, and my, my greater fear is that we've kind of, I think we're going to have this delayed response from labor, so when we start to see uh, June's labor statistics, which we'll get later uh, this week, tomorrow, and then July, uh, when we get to the Jackson Hole meeting, the Fed may be under pressure to be a little bit more hawkish. Um, and the reality is, and my base assumption is, we're going to be transitioning out of these kind of peak uh, inflationary pressures, not just for uh, 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 commodities in general, but for labor as well. Um, and the increase we've already seen in interest rates is having an impact on housing. So uh, I hope the Fed doesn't get uh, a little too ahead of itself. Uh, my suspicion is while they're thinking about the need to tighten, they need to tighten because, yeah, they put too much liquidity into the system. That's why home prices are up 20 percent. But, you know, that, that horse is out of the barn. There's no reason to go and deal with that now. You need to deal with the mess that's going to be on the other side, which is, you know, without an increase in quantitative easing uh, each year going forward, we're not going to be able to sustain asset prices and economic activity. One or both are going to have to give, and that's because we've become over-reliant on their, on their liquidity and that stimulative effect. So um, I think the Fed, while they're going to have a, a, a perceived uh, role of kind of moving into the shadows and, and a, a bigger role for Congress from a fiscal standpoint. The truth is, on the margin, what they do with liquidity here is really going to matter. And how they tighten conditions, and, and liquidity conditions are already tightening because we're not increasing QE, that's going to start to matter the further we go into 2022. Well, good. Well, that's a great spot to, to stop for today. So thank you very much for coming on. Um, we're off for the next couple of weeks as we will knock out our um, strategy quarterly podcast. So take a look out for those uh, for the next two weeks here. And Chris, we'll, we'll have you back on right after that. So Perfect. looking forward to it. Sounds good, All right. Dan. Thank you. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast.
The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws.